You will sleep better than you have ever slept. You've never been this relaxed. Are you ready to change your life? I'm Rusty Diamond, certified hypnotist. You don't need to leave your house. You can stay in your bed. You can stay in your favorite chair. You just need a computer or your phone. You can get a hold of me. Stay at home. I'll make your life better. Hypnosisisgrade.com It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo! Rusty, what is up, everybody? It is some day of the week that I don't even know, and I gotta start that up. Start up my note taker so it can take notes for me, so I don't have to take any notes because I never took notes. If I, I only did when they made me take notes, they made me take notes at school, and I didn't want to take any notes. Fuck notes. I have AI to do that for me. Thanks a lot, teachers in high school, in middle school, in grade school. Tell me I need to take notes. Nope, the fucking computer will do it for me. Eat shit. Look at me now. Welcome to the Public Access Podcast. The podcast. Now the Pennsylvania Public Access Podcast. The podcast. 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 It's going to happen now. Uh, that's the new thing, starting episode 500. Only took me 500 to get there. So my name's Rusty Diamond. I'm your host. And I'm here out of Intercourse, Pennsylvania. What is up? So today I'm going to bring on my special guest right here, right now. And my special guest is right here, right now. And my special guest is... Shelly Bortolotto. And I, I I tried, I said it over and over, and I still think I, I flubbed it, but. You did great, Rusty. Hi, oh, it's good to meet you. Good yeah, to chat good, today. Good to meet you too. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's this world, whatever it may be. I've, oh man, this, I think maybe it's the coffee. I think it's the coffee. I went for another cup of coffee. They have some gimmick going uh, where on Tuesdays you get coffee for free. And it's, I don't know, maybe I need a, a chill out, but uh, shout out to Wawa, I guess. My gas station coffee that can uh, go along with my grocery store sushi, which... Nice. I found some great grocery store sushi out here. I don't know if uh, sushi is something you're ever uh, into. I'm newly into the seafood game uh, at 41 years old. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't touch it until I was in 
like I've had it a few times, but then I was in uh, I was in New England and I had a a lobster roll, and that kind of changed everything. And it has to be a Connecticut one. I'm not too sure about the other ones. They're, they're like in Maine and uh, a lot of other places. They'll do it cold with mayonnaise. But in Connecticut, they do it hot with butter. Oh. And so uh, that's that's what got me changed. And then I was like, okay, well, this is good. Like I lived uh, near the Pacific Ocean. I lived in Oregon, like you know, an hour and a half away. And I don't know, probably I ate seafood maybe five, six times until then. But now, now that I'm over on the East Coast, now it's just... I got to eat it. Rusty, I'm on the West Coast. You're just killing me here. You're on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm up uh, just above Washington State. Oh, okay. Like a Vancouver area? Yeah, actually in Whistler, the ski resort. just north Oh, you're of up in Whistler. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was up there in 2000 and... Hmm four or so i believe it's it, yeah. it's beautiful up there um it's changed a bit since then but the mountain's still just as gorgeous yeah the mountain hasn't changed much there's uh it was interesting maybe I, no i i don't know it was interesting seeing uh because it was like right when they announced that there was going to be the olympics there and so like the signs were just starting to go up around the village and um yeah i mean now see what i mean what's it look like now where with all the do you ever go and look at the old relics of the olympics up there yeah so actually we're gonna go to the olympic plaza which is kind of where they did all the medals is now our it has a lot of concerts in the winter it gets us it gets an outdoor skating rink oh, and okay. an outdoor tubing area for the kids and the sliding center is still going. We're going to go up and watch the um, World Bobsled and Luge Championships in a couple of weeks' time. Cool. That'll be yeah. a lot of fun. And how, so, I mean, how'd you end up in, in Whistler uh, as like living there full time as opposed to, I mean, I mean, as, as you know, basically, a, a, I don't know. I guess people live where people vacation, and it's a, a smart thing for the most part. Um, was it just you? Had, have you been there before? Or you just like show up there one day? And like this is where I live. I I live in Whistler Village. Yeah. So there's kind of two decisions. The first decision was working in Australia. I was my job let me take a, a year off work, like a year unpaid. It's a nice government job. You come back to your cushy government salary. My brother was like, get out now or you'll be there for life. I'm like, good point. I will go for a vacation. <laughs> I'll travel the world for a bit. So I wasn't planning on staying in Whistler, but about yeah. five or six days, not even like less than a week after I got here, I met a boy. Met someone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very Canadian boy from Vancouver Island. Oh, from the island. Okay. Island boy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, pretty much it was like I chose him over everything one of the yeah I mean and so uh so it's just one really really 
a really long working holiday visa, really. Have you gone back at all? Or it's been that, 15, well, well, it's well, that's been 15 years. Yeah. So uh, no, just... I, I can go back. So now I have my Australian and Canadian citizenship, so I can go back whenever I want. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride. So we met, we got married, we bought a place, we got married, and now we have a kid. Oh, okay. All right. Um, how was that like? Long time ago, that all that happened was it? Because I mean. So then you became, you got your citizenship there. Does he have his citizenship in Australia because he's married to you? Or is no. it just in, in here? Uh, or not just here, in here. I mean, yeah, in for him to get his, we would have to go live in Australia. I've okay. been in Canada 15 years now. So All right. have not lost the Aussie accent. It is still very strong. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to lose it. I mean, I still, I don't know. I, I sound like I'm. I felt like that whole area, like, because I'm from uh, Portland, Oregon. And so, um, I don't know, mm. like, it's only five and a half, maybe six hours up, unless you're you're stuck in, I don't know if you ever go down to Washington or anything and sit on I-5 between uh, Olympia and Maryville, Washington, um, from like a yeah, hundred hundred miles stretch you never know if you're uh, just going to be stuck there for hours sitting on that uh i did i mean yeah i used to go up i used to work a bunch up in vancouver and um over in in Kelowna, and so i go up there a lot and so yeah that that stretch, that stretch. between between there just that washington driving through washington just is can be uh pretty dangerous but um but yeah <laughs> like I mean, a yeah, giant well, parking lot like the yeah. i-90 in colorado out of denver i think i think it's the i-90 yeah the, the yeah. i-90 yeah because it goes through from like sacramento salt lake uh and then to colorado i and guess then it goes then up reno. to the mountains yeah yeah i get reno and then yeah um yeah, I used to live off uh, the I ninety in Salt Lake City, so I didn't, I didn't do the drive that far into Colorado. I Colorado was cool. I I, I liked, uh, but I mean, I was only in like a little part of it, so it's it's hard to say. It's like people will say, "Oh, Canada is cool." Like, oh, I went to, you know, whatever. I went to Vancouver one time when I was eleven, and uh, like, okay, well, there's there's a lot more of of the yeah. country you know it's the second biggest country in the world uh, it's, there's space but um do you ever get out and explore around bc or anything or yeah just... haven't been as far as i want to go yet i've and i've been to like toronto montreal and st john's all the way over the other side but just haven't like done enough but it's the same thing people will be like Oh, we've been to Australia and we saw Sydney, and I'm like, well, you haven't right. seen all of Australia, right? Or yeah, like I've come to uh, went one time to see the Statue of Liberty in New York, or went to went to L.A. and saw Hollywood and Disneyland, and like, yeah. oh, I love America, like, like, well, there's there's a lot more, there's a lot more than <laughs> this little tiny 
sliver of something with, you know, small percentage of people, but if that's what your experience is, um, okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's your reality and it's, it's fine. But, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean like BC or even the, I mean, just the Island, the Vancouver Island is huge. You can drive on the Island for like at least eight hours, right? Probably longer than that going North to South. Yeah. But see, that's, it feels small to me. Well, I mean, it was for an island. I guess Australia is an island, island too. So, yeah. Uh, did you go explore a good chunk of Australia? I've seen a lot of. I'm from Queensland, the east coast state, so I've seen a lot of Queensland, and haven't been too far west actually in Australia. Which is funny because I always feel like I've travelled a lot, but when you think about it, I've been to the same places a lot. Uh, yeah, I, me too, and that's. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, get out, you know, some point, go see some other stuff, but nothing wrong with going the same place over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I went to like the same place for vacation and stuff. Like, I bet I've been, you know, 100 times would be an understatement, probably maybe closer to a couple hundred times I've been there. It's about, yeah. Um, but, you know, other places I haven't been that, I've been to a fair amount of other places, but I mean, that place just kept going back there. Um, been going there since I was a baby. And so- Where, where is that? Um, in central Oregon. Like- um, Yeah. So like we're gonna get down to Oregon, like Washington, Oregon. I really want to go down that far, at least just far down to San Fran. You haven't gone to Washington. I've been down, like I've been to Seattle, but I want to okay. do the full on like road trip down the coast. I think we'll do it next year. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good drive. I I made it. Let's see, along the coast, I went down to somewhere in Northern California, but like even driving to California, I've only gone down, I guess San Francisco is probably as far as I've ever driven down that way, but California takes a long time to drive through. Uh, I yeah, guess, again, not as long as, you know, Australia, but. <laughs> I'm used to having to drive like two hours from, I'm from a family farm. Um, family farm? Yeah, we have a farm. Uh, back okay. in Australia. So I grew what up on a farm. farm. It's wheat and cattle and crops. And okay. yeah. And so you and ever do anything go, like that? Are, are you done with that? Are you are you retired from the farm life or? Well, it's in the, it's still in the family. So my brother took it over. He's got his kids on there now and they're the fourth generation. Wow. Okay. And it was pretty clear as a kid that he was, gonna stay on the farm and I was gonna go into the city and work in business so it's not unusual how it all turned out the only funny thing about that is that he met a an American girl from inner city Denver inner city Denver yeah so city girl so she's now on the farm farm wow. wife just knocking it out of the park she's incredible with everything that she has taken on and can do and everything and I'm so grateful to her because if not for her, he would have left the farm. Like, Just like how I chose 
to live in Canada because of a person, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that's what happens. That's how we, we get places. Uh I mean, yeah, that's yeah. So it's funny, it's like I ended up living a million miles away from my mom and dad, and she's living a million miles away from her mom and dad. Yeah, you're closer to uh her family now. Yeah, than, so than we, we go down yeah. sometimes too. Yeah, so you said down by Denver? Yeah, yeah. So uh if next time you go back, there's a place uh it just opened back up called Casa Bonita. Um they they made a I don't know if you want probably maybe not uh they're at South Park they made an episode about it um and apparently yeah apparently my husband my no my husband my brother and his I think they've been and like I know exactly the episode yeah. you're talking about okay we, yeah, we grew it, up with the exact same TV show perfect okay so yeah so the Casa episode when they go to Casa Bonita <laughs> um they just redid it the guys that own or that do South Park they uh they, they bought buy it. it yeah they yeah, bought they it bought that's it. what I heard just opened it back up so <laughs> if, if you ever back over there um I'd, I'd recommend going I went like on a and it must have been like a Tuesday or something I think during the day and um it was yeah like four or five years <laughs> ago and it was it was a lot yeah. of fun I was I was pretty impressed. It was a lot like the the episode and uh but it was it was odd. It was just it took the bus out and the bus just you go out of town and all of a sudden like I I was the like the, all the other people that were on the bus with me like like okay, I I felt out, out of place. It's not often I feel out of place, but I felt kind of out of place then. And then, like, get off at this uh, strip mall. It's just this, like, random strip mall. And it's in this random strip mall. <laughs> and uh, there's there's Casa Bonita. But, yeah, the cliff divers, uh, the food, I Crazy. guess, yeah, they made it better. But, yeah, it was, it was an experience. It was something uh, to go see. So if you're ever back down in Denver... Uh, Casa Bonita. I think it's, I think it's funny that we can talk about something that like was mentioned in one TV show like probably 30 years ago if, if I'm doing my math the same as you're doing math and Just, yet we're still talking about like South Park, The Simpsons, Futurama like they've all done it right? Yeah and yeah it's just some random thing uh and it's like okay well yeah because i saw it on there and then like let's let's go there let's <laughs> let's do that and um yeah and then yeah then i i went and saw uh so then i lived in salt lake city for like a year and a half and then moved out um like an hour and 20 minutes from new york and so went and saw the book of mormon on broadway and uh the other thing that they do and that was that was great especially like i went probably two or three weeks after i moved from salt lake city to there so it was it was oh, yeah. interesting Goodness. just like yeah. right there like going from being in it to watching that but um yeah and then like you know portland was always cool with the simpsons because like everything in portland is 
Simpsons, like, uh, like all the names and stuff, like, uh, there's Terwilliger Boulevard, Sideshow, Bob Terwilliger, there's, uh, Quimby Avenue downtown, there's Mayor Quimby, uh, there's Flanders Street, but, so that there's, you know, Northeast, yeah. Southeast, Northwest, Southwest, and so, like, on a lot of the Northeast Flanders signs, it'll say uh, N.E. Flanders. So then people will usually put a D after Northeast. So <laughs> yeah. the signs say Ned Flanders. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was always, it was always cool. Because I never really mentioned that, you know, Springfield was Portland. Uh, it was always this, like, oh, it's, it's generic town. Could be, oh, Springfield's actually over here. But um is it? Because yeah, I, I mean, never knew which state it was meant to be in. Because yeah. when you Google Springfield, there's like six or seven of them in the states, right? I think there's pretty much one in every state. And so, yeah, Springfield, uh, Oregon is right next to Eugene, where like or University of Oregon is. And so like Shelbyville was supposed to be Eugene and Springfield is Springfield. And so that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Did they have a monorail? They should. They 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 messed up. They messed up with not having that monorail. The monorail. That was that was uh, such a good episode. And I think that and that was I think the one that uh, that Conan wrote. I think Conan wrote that episode. Conan O'Brien. Oh yeah, I, yeah, that I makes recall. sense. That'll be fun. My yeah. my brother can do all the episodes in all the voices. So what what do you mean? Like. Because we grew up on those early Simpsons episodes, he can actually oh. like recite an entire episode with all the voices. So even now, like he's on the Whoa. farm, I'm here. I'll text him and I'll just text him a random Simpsons quote, and he'll reply back with the rest of the <laughs> the clip. And the rest of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> like watch and learn, and he'll know exactly where that one comes from. <laughs> I mean, those episodes and those seasons were just so huge like i i have friends and my sister too like i'll still it's kind of the same thing with that show just can always go back and uh like but you know whatever's happened in the last 15 or 20 years on the show maybe maybe i, I might know a little bit but yeah, i mean those first like five ten years i i feel like everyone was tuning yeah, in yeah it's because we didn't have like netflix or any of the others it was just like that was the show you watched and everybody talked about it the next day and everybody memorized it and yeah. rewatched it. Yeah, it was Sunday night at uh you know eight o'clock or you know, Simpsons. Yeah. Uh Simpsons coming on. Okay. Let's let's get ready for this. And uh yeah, I mean it was yeah, had had the the VCR with because uh, it had like when when we do this we had like the, there was a timer on the VCR, but the timer was crappy and would only work sometimes. But then we also, with this VCR, had a remote that had a, a, a cable like that went from the TV to the remote. So you had to let it would be tethered to the TV or to the VCR, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just trying to time those commercials to pause it when you get to the end and then hopefully be able to unpause it before it comes back. Um, 
it was interesting. I wish some of those tapes that we had where we recorded the stuff still existed. I find myself kind of watching those sometimes on YouTube. People have old stuff that they record with like commercials and stuff. And, and it's weird. Like with like that people, like we could do so much to avoid watching commercials and then, but we go back and watch these old commercials of, Oh, I remember that commercial uh, or, you know, stuff it's like just, that. Yeah. It's the history. It just takes us back to like, that time when you know everything seemed simpler i don't think it was any simpler back then but <laughs> right yeah you I had mean, to get up to change the channel right yeah or get someone if you're uh if you're not the oldest you get someone else to do it uh or i mean if you are the oldest you get someone else to do it but yeah i i have older brothers i had a little sister i tried to get her to do stuff but didn't work too well. I yeah, I ended up usually being the person being yeah, I go change the channel when the channel needed to be changed. Usually my job. So, you know, I got some good uh good workout, a little up and down and <laughs> working out those muscles. But um yeah, I don't know. It's nice to be able to have some of that stuff available that people just randomly held on to. And like, uh, I found this one thing at a thrift store um, in Minnesota, and it was from, like, 1993, and it was these executives from IBM doing a rap, like, they made a rap video about <laughs> their, their corporate shit. And it was unbelievable. Um, and I just, I just found, I just saw this thing like this videotape and like in a box. Um, oh man. Please tell me you still have this and you can put it on YouTube today. Oh, yeah, I do. Let me, let me see if I can find this. Um, because I bet my... some of those IBM executives have now gone up to have like very oh, big careers and they're like yep. in this dodgy rap video in 1993. I hit them up. I hit up one of these guys. I hit them all up as many as I could find. And one of the guys responded back. Um, and yeah, it's pretty amazing. Let me, oh, shoot. Let me go back to this. I, I can pull this up here. All right. 1992 rap video. Yeah, pretty amazing. Thank you, Miss Fowler. Challenge it to a 1992. We met our business measurements and we celebrated too. Our functions interacted. We worked as one big team. A successful way to operate is certainly the seat. To sell our products worldwide, we worked with everyone. To comply with ISO standards, we got the job done. We put it out online. 
for you to take a look when auditors come up calling to see your QC book. We did some site-wide cleaning and hauled out tons of stuff. We filled up 18 trailers. The job was really tough. We worked with all your teams to keep us out of the red. We scrutinized our budgets to move our side ahead. Also, I'm quite Italian. Rochester is in my heart. My team does worldwide presence. You're off to a great start. We face December's challenge to meet product demand. A system every eight minutes. The team deserves a hand. Our site became compliant with rules of ADA. Americans with Disabilities Act were proud it's here to stay. We partnered up with schools, K-12 and higher ed, put quality in curricula to help kids get ahead. By applying MDQ, our team in Mexico won the National Quality Award. Good job, way to go. To get us safe to work, our bridge was open wide, so now we've got four lanes moving side by side. We know about the law and keeping business going. Turn your ideas into patents. Please keep your thoughts a-flowing. We're good community citizens. While living, we maintain. Our volunteers and money help United Way campaign. Now you can come in early or you can stay real late. It doesn't really matter long as you put in a... The lunch crowd moved outdoors to enjoy the summer sun. Hot dogs, brats, and melons added to the fun. Our team can put on parties. We stage them all for you to celebrate accomplishments and milestones, too. Santa Palomba celebrates Tania so its success, taking back away Rochester in the seamless ABS. A year came to a close, and the action on the cake, the goal variable pay, and now we'll all partake. So now you've heard our wrap-up, it's a positive business story. You shared in its successes, and now you shine in glory. A, B, S, S, proper. So that's that. Um, so that was a flashback. I'm impressed by how well they all sang in rap. Yeah, me too. Uh, I I was pretty impressed. Like I went, you know, messaged out to every one of those guys. The only person that responded back was Dynamite, uh, and I was he was pretty uh, happy to see it. Like I was like. So I don't know. So I don't know what it would be like. I got on LinkedIn and I'm like, started messaging all these people. I'm like, oh hey, so yeah, I'm you know Rusty. Um, I found this at a thrift store next to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Like, do you remember this? Do you want to see this? Like, and like, and then I said like, to all of them, if you don't want me to put this up online, please let me know. Um, but everyone well the one person was cool with it everyone else didn't respond so i put it up online nice and i think everyone probably has that one job that they loved the people they worked with and they wish they could get back for and i hope everyone in the video was like yeah i really like working here so who knows? i hope so have you had a job like that before yeah, back in uh, back in Australia, the job I actually left thought I was c coming back to for a year. What were you doing? Uh, I was in Brisbane. I was in council, and I was buying stuff for council. So, you like spending, yeah. So, in like doing strategic sourcing and procurement, I was spending like thousands and doing contracts for hundreds and thousands of dollars. 
for what? For everything that the council, the city. So like think of like a big municipal government. Okay. Everything they needed to buy and operate. So you went and you were the person buying all this stuff. Yeah, in a team of, you know, half a dozen of us. Okay. And so you had a good good setup there, good people you worked with. Uh, was that was that the main reason why yeah. you enjoyed yeah. the job? Good people, interesting work, learning lots, and just it was an easy life. It's like living in Brisbane, lived 20 minutes walk away from work. So did you walk to work every day? Sometimes. Sometimes I take the city cats. Because Brisbane's on a river, so you can take like a little ferry boat. Oh, okay. It's really and neat. It's okay. Take a ferry boat to work, and how long does that take? Like five minutes, maybe? Something like that, yeah. Okay. That's a nice like, way you, basically, you don't get stuck on the highway for an hour in commute. Right. And that was way back before anybody was working remotely or anything like that, really. I mean, yeah, working remotely is just, it's been so nice. And I I don't know, like some people really thrive in a, a setting around a lot of people, but not all of us. Some of us don't. <laughs> yeah, I like those times when I can just put my head down and get to work and get my stuff done. Yeah. I, I went back into like an office setting. Uh, when was that? It was when I was in Utah. I worked at this place doing data entry uh, for like, I don't know, a month or two. Um, but, and? well, did it so, go well? Well, here's the thing. So it was like me and then all these kids that were like, early 20s and uh just yapping back and forth the whole time talking about uh you know whatever kids say uh all, all their 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 words and stuff i'm just sounding like the old guy now but i couldn't get my like i put on headphones and stuff to just be able to get my work done put my head down so i was like can i just do this at home like why can't why can't i do this at home this is this is like taking stuff from the computer and just they didn't go for it re-entering it they did it for like a week maybe but nobody was doing any work except for me so they're uh, like, yeah. everyone needs to get back in the office and i was like okay well this is not going to work this like i, I took the job because i wanted to offset my taxes uh so it wasn't all just because like the year before it was all like self-employed taxes and yeah money yeah, from crypto and i was like okay i had to pay a lot of money how can i not how can i offset this a little bit more this year um so i had that job for a short little while and then then i got sick and they fired me one of those I, things. I guess that happened. I'm up in Canada and Australia, so we've had different, you know, laws and stuff. But I guess that's a thing. People getting sick and getting fired. I because that's what happened. That was the one time that I got the, the the Rona. I got the Rona for like, uh, and this yeah. was yeah, I got it for like, 
don't know, three days. And I think like, yeah, the first day I called, I called in like two, two days and I'm like, I can't come in. And I like, okay, well, can't work. I'm like, okay. Well, can I do this at home? Like, why can't I do this at home? But I, and then, I mean, there's so much, it was such a waste. It's so much cheaper to go and just give everyone a computer and pay for their internet as to, as opposed to getting their, your, you know, a whole building to be used a whole like corporate building and corporate buildings. I don't know why they went back to that kind of work, but they cost a lot of, it costs a lot of money to run a corporate building. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. I like, I've liked doing this. I like, uh, working from home and like so I started doing that in like 2018 trying to work over Zoom I had a, one client that didn't like leaving his house and so like trying to convince anyone in 2018 to use Zoom or you know anything for meetings was like nah I don't really know this doesn't sound legit and then um and then in 2019, I moved to Minnesota, and I thought I'd be snowed in for like six months out of the year. Only happened one day. So, but then office space over there was really expensive. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll just try this working all remote kind of thing. And it was still kind of iffy. And then, and then the Rona hit, and everyone's like, okay, this is how it is now. And business got better, but. Yeah, it was tough trying to convince people for a while to get on to doing online anything. Did you find that at all? Is that something you ran into? Uh, or? No, no, I guess not. Because up in Canada, I was already working online. I was already connecting with people from home and working from home. Because okay. I went into self-employment about three years before that started. What? So... What got you to get into self-employment? Did you have, was it like, cause you, I don't know. Cause like in the States, you could you not work? Were you not allowed to work a certain amount of time after, you know, you'd have been there for a while. Cause like after you get married, like in the States, if so, you bring in a foreign person and they get married, like, so I, I have two friends. One is from, uh, down by Portland and the others from Vancouver and so they ended up getting married in Oregon and so he came down from Vancouver but like he wasn't allowed to work for I want to say it was at least six months because of you know tax stuff and other things was that anything that you kind of fell into there when you were when you moved or was that not really no no I always had um um I always had a work permit or a citizenship or residency so I could always work there was a corporate restructure that happened up here so I stepped out of my position and then went into started out doing supply chain management because that's what I'd done and yeah. then as COVID started to happen transitioned into coaching so now I coach people full-time and it's all by Zoom, so it's super easy. It's really nice. It's really nice. Just, uh, I mean, even if you're not feeling great, you, you still get still get work done. Mm. 
I don't know. If you call in sick, it's on yourself. So it's just it's just adjusting. Like if I'm coaching a client, I'm completely on it. I'm talking to them. But if I'm feeling a little snuffly or something, then I'll switch out the thing that I'd planned for that day and I'll do something like I'll do my admin and put some stuff up and I'll do my finances and my accounting so that on the days when I'm feeling really on it is when I do my highest work. Like yesterday I was creating an entirely new coaching tool because I was really like powering through it. Yeah, and that's the good thing. Like knowing that you have a bunch to do, but you can kind of change it. Like a lot of times, yeah, it's like I'm going to be busy all day but I know I can go and like, I'm be working. I have, you know, eight hours of stuff to do. But I can do it anytime I want, anytime of the day I want. And I'll schedule two hours out of the day. I can go and stop for two hours and we can do whatever, whenever, and it'll be okay. And I can come back to it. Whereas, you know, if I had to go be in an office for eight hours, you can't really do that. It's like the, uh, a lot of the countries and doing their siestas or what, whatever the other, I don't know what the term is, where you work for a while, you go home and you eat, and then you, you go back out and you work some more. I don't know. Yeah, is, is that something it, they do in Australia or was it just kind of a, a work right through day? No, because it day? was on the farm. You just work a regular day or on the farm, but um, it only, it only, works well if you trust yourself to go back and get stuff done right and the only way you go back and get stuff done is if you're not worried or nervous about actually doing this stuff right well i mean but then why would you be doing it if you're nervous about doing the stuff wouldn't you want i mean is that something that like that comes up for an example like are you like not you but like why would there be stuff that you're not sure about doing? It's like, you know, when you start a new business. Yeah. And part of the job is to go out and market yourself and sell your services. Yeah. How and other things you you might find other things to do instead that you think are helping, like building a website, writing a blog post, which is all like I get to sit inside my house behind my computer screen, not talk to people. So the thing you need to do, which is go out and, you know, interact with humans. Right. For some people can feel really scary, especially when they're telling humans that they're doing their own thing and they're not. That it's like you're doing it under your own banner. So suddenly it feels harder. So then what would you tell someone to do the marketing for themselves? Someone who doesn't want to jump right in. What do you tell them? Well, it takes courage. It takes courage to go out and then be your own person and and it takes working through all that that worry and fear and, and that's something that the sooner you get started at working through it and you know how to do it, the quicker your business takes off because you're actually out there talking to people. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, make sure it's something you believe in unless you're... Unless your thing's lying, 
then it, it doesn't have to be something you believe in. <laughs> yeah, you can be a really good salesperson. But like anybody that starts a business, say they start baking cakes for a living or they start, you know, doing a, a thing for themselves or they start becoming a real estate agent. A big part of that is actually telling people, hey, this is the thing I do now. And that's really, really hard. And a lot of people jump into business without realizing that that's the thing they're going to have to do. Right. Yeah. Let people know, yeah, this is who I am. Uh, do you need these services? Mm. And I mean, it can be tough with social media and stuff. And like, sometimes, I, you know, I get to that point where I'm feeling like, what the, like, I'm fucking, I don't know. I need to, I, I feel like I'm spamming people, you know, like sharing my stuff over and over. And uh, I don't know. I feel like it might be too much sometimes, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just stuff that you got to do. Yeah. You see, you're, do. you're doing it, right? Some For some people, yeah. it can be it, probably not for you, but for some people, it's, it's a real challenge to be, especially if you've had 20 years of sitting in a corporate office where, no one really knows you and then suddenly you have to be like tell the world and you feel like you're spamming but really you've only told 10 people right so, yeah 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 because i don't know who looks at my stuff or who who would uh so yeah like my i don't know i i don't know i don't know who looks at what i, I know what i look at and and my most of the time, like the only thing I see on in or on you know social media is, you know, stuff that's for sale by me, uh, stuff made by Mike Judge, and like Beavis and Butthead kind of stuff. Or um, what was the other thing? I feel like there was one other thing. But that's really all about all I see on online. But so, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if people are doing the same because like, yeah, once 2020 hit, I got on and I just unfollowed everything. I was like, I, I don't need to know everybody's, every, not everybody. A lot of people wanted to give their stance on a lot of different things. And I was just like, okay, well. Oh, yeah. The world got I, super political for a couple of years there, didn't yeah. it? And, but when yeah. I say the world, I mean the U.S. Yeah. And it was a lot of like, I don't, I don't even want to know, like, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not buying into this. And so like, I just kind of unfollowed everything and just sort of only looked at that stuff and turned off the news. I didn't really watch the news before anyway, but like, I just like, ah, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to go do my thing. Like this, this is how, this is what I want to do. So it worked out. It worked out all right, but like I, I don't always know when the people are doing stuff, because I guess people expect people don't expect someone to be one of their friends or followers or whatever and not look at any of the stuff. But I assume I'm a very small population of people like that who is there as one of the people but has no clue of anything that's going on unless they reach out and tell me or i have i have another friend who's only barely on social media and he'll tell me anything that i might miss 
that he somehow catches. So between us, we probably know about like 10 to 15% of anything that's going on uh, between us and we'll tell each other. And so that's about how much I know what's going on. But I assume a lot of people are are scrolling. Like, how do you get someone to stop? How do you get someone to stop and look at your your page uh, or what you're doing? Well, that's a great question, Rusty. It's For me, it's about really giving a different opinion, giving somebody a, an, a valuable opinion that could help them with how they're thinking about their lives. And, you know, over time, it might not be that everybody stops, but one person stops and that's value that they get. And then another person stops and reads and then I go out and I meet, it doesn't all have to be online, right? I meet someone at a networking event and I get to talk to them and give them value. And all these little pieces of value keep adding up. What do you do at your networking events? Do you go to ones like up there in Whistler? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go, say hi, talk to people, ask how they're doing, find out what's going on in their life, give them support. Like like local business meetups or networking or what, what kind of networking? Yeah, our local chamber runs networking events, lots of networking events in the city as well. Yeah. Uh, I I usually sign up for those when I move somewhere new. I'll, I'll go and I'll find that out. And it's usually a good, you know, good thing to be part of. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, what I should have been doing is getting all of them on my podcast, uh, which is what most of these need. Uh, if anybody is ever in need of something to do uh, and you're wanting to start a podcast, Go and uh, go to one of these networking events with the Chamber of Commerce and ask if anybody wants to have their business profiled on that. That's a great way. I never thought of doing it that way. It's like everybody wants the honor of being asked to to be somewhere, to be more visible. You're like, hey, come on my podcast. I'll help you meet new people. Like that's... That's incredible right. for people. Yeah, and you just be you're then you're that uh the what's the word? Uh man, coffee is you, back. Um <laughs> you're like, the you're the giver, you're the opener of opportunities for them. Yeah, yeah, and then you're also the the expert of the you'd be the expert of the the local uh whistler commerce. And people will want to come to you to, you know, have be like, oh, oh, I, yeah. I Shelly's podcast. Like I was on Shelly's podcast. She, she she's she pretty got, cool. Yeah, like she's pretty give cool. people got, a platform. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. And there's and most of the people like are people that are, uh, and because like those meetings usually are at, one o'clock on a Thursday afternoon or something, or, um, you know, sometime during the day. So you're meeting all kinds of different people who, if you're in a, a quote unquote regular job, you're not going to meet really. And I mean, I always thought that was, that was kind of fun. It was the same thing with like being a, an extra in, in a fucking, movie or tv show or something like 
it's a bunch of people who are just like available during the day, during the week and, you know, have wild stories and lives and stuff. And uh, it was, I always enjoyed doing that and, you know, meeting people. And I wish I would have been like, let's do a podcast while we're waiting for <laughs> to you know, go out there and do a scene. But um you know, never too late, I guess. But um uh, yeah. So I guess it's good to like especially local. Like if you can get like five people on your side locally, you're in good shape. And then you just kind of build on that and you build up that local, but I mean, it seems so like easy to want to go big and kind of go worldwide, but you got to go local too. You can't forget about local, like local is very important and it's easily overlooked now with the world opened up as it is now with being able to do this. It's really cool, but then you also yeah. lose out on that. It's like when you talk about local what I mean you're talking about like those connections in the community right so right. in order to really connect with people in the community you're most and it's your own community you're going to be more vulnerable right absolutely yeah so you when know, you're vulnerable with people they they connect with you more they're like oh, they, they they see you dropping your kid off at school and having that bad day and then they feel like she's a human she has bad days too right and yeah, it's, you know, uh, Jack over that owns the uh, magic shop or something. I don't something. Know. Yeah. It's like yeah, you, you know, you know them right. as people and then you connect with them as people. And you can yeah. do that worldwide, like in individual groups as well. Like I have people that I talk to in this in the UK and I know them as people, but they're not like local to me but they feel like they're part of my community. Right. And so then do you introduce them to other people in your community or is it just part of your community and your community is your community? No, it's like finding the connection. So if this person needs to be on a podcast, I'm like, oh, you need to talk to this person. Right. And if this person is looking to do public speaking, I'm like, oh, let's get you connected with this person. So all the pieces start to become more connected. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's always good to be able to have someone say, oh, hey, I got someone for you. And uh, it's a nice feeling. It's a real nice feeling. Like, okay, well, thank you for doing that. Um, yeah. Like, a, you know, like a finder's fee of some sort. Give them a finder's fee, whether it's monetary or uh, some sort of thank you whatever and, it is yeah and it's it's just like it builds that sense of gratitude yeah yeah i think it's important to have have that and especially yeah when i don't know a lot of people like don't know what it's like yeah trying to put yourself over and trying to you know show that you're you're this business this is what you do like you're saying some people have a hard time with it. i can't even have a hard time with it sometimes like I don't know. There, there are some. I, if you go back, most of some podcasts, like there's some stuff that I was like I didn't really want to talk about that I like doing, and that 
but you just have to go and embrace it and be like, okay, well, this is, this is part of what I do. And this is cool. Like it ain't nothing wrong with it. Like it's fun and uh, it's helpful. So yeah, just being able to kind of get over, get over yourself sometimes for lack of a, a better way to put it. Um, and sometimes it's easier said than done. Sometimes it's just like, okay, well, I what what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Uh, this is this is who I am, and the easier it is to get to that point, I think is when things start to open up more. Mm, the biggest part of we talk about like you know having to be out there. Like I realized a couple nearly a couple of years after I had my daughter that I was in pretty deep postpartum anxiety. So I had to like get over myself in that sense to be like go to my boss and be like I'm really struggling I need some accommodations I need some help I'm committed to the job but my brain is exploding right now and they knew how committed to the job I was because I'd been there for years and years and years yeah. and to the company and they're like okay like what do we need to do to help you they wanted me to get better and I started telling people in the community look I'm really struggling I'm in postpartum anxiety they helped and they watched me get out of it and I started telling other people so that they could be like oh wait that sounds like me too right and it's nice because you know especially with this um, someone could go and google google that and your podcast comes up yeah uh, and that's like postpartum anxiety isn't talked about enough and when somebody talks about it and you listen to it and you're like oh I think that might and you don't like self-diagnose yourself it's not like you're googling your own stuff but it's like you start do. getting a feel of like oh I think that sounds like me I think that sounded like my friend or I wonder if this is something my friend might be struggling with and it just opens up ways to be like hey, listen to this podcast. This sounds like something you're also happening, going through. And like, not just going through it, but having that message out there that there's an end point, like you will get better. Yeah. And, and you're and not alone. You're not alone. And p other people are, and that's something I've, I've always felt very alone. Like I haven't realized that just hearing someone else's story can make you feel better. Yeah. And so if, people want to find your story where can they find that or how can they connect with you well i did marry the bortolotto so it does get difficult <laughs> but i have a website shellybortolotto.com s-h-e-l-l-y b-o-r-t-o-l-o-t-t-o -T -T and i talk about coaching i talk about postpartum anxiety i talk about feeling better by getting in charge of like that spin in your head you know when you're you were talking about it before rusty where you kind of sometimes doubt yourself right it's like yeah. when doubting yourself goes into complete overdrive it doesn't take much oh my god we've all been there <laughs> I, yeah. and it's not quite the same as just sitting on the couch eating ice cream it's like sitting on the couch eating ice cream and netflix and popcorn and you're doubting yourself right 
and you're looking over at your desk being like I really should get back to work but I'm just gonna eat another episode I'm just gonna watch another episode like it's that yep I really should be doing something but I'm really just gonna do this feeling yeah sometimes you need to do that but sometimes you gotta be like nope I can't do that anymore you got to You got to find the time for that. And then that time needs to end. Yeah. And sometimes you just need help to pick yourself back up. And that's what I do is I help people. Perfect. I, I like it. And um, yeah. So thank you, Shelly, so much for being on. It was great to get to meet you. And and everyone can go and get a hold of you now. And so they know, know how to do it. So uh, thank you for being here. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and hopefully make it to Casa Bonita. Uh, I, yeah. I wish I, I was still working up in Vancouver and I could say, come, come watch me get my ass kicked sometime. But uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't need more. It's been, uh, I haven't been up there since like 2018 or something. Oh. So anytime uh, but, you come yeah. back up over the border, come up to Whistler, we'll go for coffee. Love it. Okay. Or if you're, you're ever over, uh, near the Amish country out here. Uh, you let me know and we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, we'll turn some butter. We'll, we'll have some, <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever Well, my happens. daughter's talking about road trips and she wants to road trip to Mexico and my husband and I are just like, uh, no, that's a long drive. That's a pretty long drive. Probably better to fly that one. Yeah. Yeah, but go to Mexico. Do, do some Mexico. Uh, it's good for everyone. Go Mexico is a big place. Yeah, Mexico. It's not just you went to Mexico one time. It's not Mexico, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. So yeah, find a cool place in Mexico. Most places are pretty cool. But yeah. go travel, go see the world. It doesn't yeah. matter where you start. Just go as far, pick a direction, and go as far as you possibly can. Yep. And then yeah, I yeah, I I can't go any further unless I hop on a boat or a plane. So um, yeah, yeah, do that. So. If you can't hop on a boat or plane, go hop on a boat or plane. So, yeah. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Rusty. It's a pleasure. Uh, definitely. All right. That's Shelly Bartolato. So, you guys, hit her up. I'll put it in the notes. Thank you so much for being here. Episode 501. 501. Oh. Yep. So we're over 500. We're past 10 years, year 11 of the Public Access Podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Diamond, and that is the show. Man. Boom. Oh, no. Rusty Diamond Motherfucker It's Rusty Diamond Motherfucker
It's Rusty Diamond Motherfucker.